0: In this week's episode...
1: And I know that if I can overcome diabetes, then I will definitely become a stronger version of myself, finding the strength I had within me to become the best version of myself.
0: But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon Podcast is from my own personal experience, and if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. Like I say every week, and like I mean every week, pleasure to have you back. And give yourself credit, because every single time you tune into this podcast, you essentially are taking action on improving your health and your life with type 1 diabetes, because that's obviously what this podcast is all about. And that's what all these guests that we get on are all about. And the guest that I have today is Amy Shea. And Amy is a tech product designer living in California. And she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes just four years ago. And when I hear diagnosed with diabetes just four years ago, I consider that still quite new to the condition because. We've had guests who have been living with diabetes for 50 years plus, for 20 years, for 30 years, myself for just under 12 years. So four years I consider still quite new to the condition. But in this episode, Amy speaks about where she started with her diabetes. She outlines how she struggled to accept her diagnosis and takes us through the five stages of grief that she experienced and essentially how she dealt with her diagnosis throughout that whole experience. Following her personal acceptance of her diabetes, Amy grew in confidence and in her own management of the condition and has since created a diabetes specific social media profile, which has accumulated over 30,000 followers in a very short space of time. Amy is also the founder and creator of the worldwide diabetes community app, My Diabetes, which you will hear a lot more about in this podcast, but I'm going to stop talking now. Enjoy this episode and I'll chat to you soon. So Amy, obviously you were diagnosed relatively recently, only just four years ago at the age of 25. And I'm sure you have told the story so many times, and I personally have heard so many different stories of people being diagnosed with diabetes. And even though a lot of them can kind of sound similar in terms of like the signs that we see, the symptoms that we experience, et cetera, when you think back to when you were first diagnosed, what one image or one feeling stands out to you the most?
1: Yeah, um, it was, um, I would say it was more like, oh, my life is ending, (laughs) like this is the end of the world. (laughs) Um, So that's what I felt at the very beginning of the diagnosis. I feel like everything has turned around, everything has changed from now on, and I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, so I was, um, when I was diagnosed, I went into DKA. Um, so that's how I found out I was diabetic. Um, and then I was hospitalized for over a week. Um, and yeah, it was like difficult time and definitely shocking for everybody. Cause I was the, there was no family history. Um, so it was, came out of nowhere, <laughs> even though I, I already had, the symptoms for a while, but I didn't realize those were diabetes symptoms. So yeah, so to answer your question. Yeah, it, it was like, um, feel like the end of the world at the beginning.
0: So why did you feel like it was the end of the world?
1: It's just like everything has changed. Because um, when I was diagnosed, I remember the doctor, um, I was diagnosed in Taiwan. Actually, I was with my family at the time. And, you know, the doctors told me like, you know, you have diabetes for the rest of your life and do you accept it? Like I was like so overwhelmed at the time because I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. So um, yeah, it's incredibly incredibly difficult to swallow the fact um, that I have diabetes and that there's no cure to it. And then just like going through a lot of, Typical phase, like probably a lot of type 1 diabetics go through like depression, anxiety, loneliness. Just like being overwhelmed from doing all of these forced changes. out of sudden um, at 25, yeah, it was hard.
0: Do you feel yeah. as if, and I can obviously appreciate and understand and resonate with that. Because yeah. obviously I was slightly long, younger than you. I was 19. But Mm. in and around that same sort of phase where I was kind of already old enough to like be quote unquote living my life on my own to a certain extent. And obviously getting diabetes throws a, a unique spanner in the works to say the very least. But was there something that stood out to you in terms of like what you said there to me that stands out to me was you were almost asked do you accept it because this is something that's with you now for the rest of your life but also you're being asked to you accept something that you don't know anything about
1: yeah it was hard because I didn't know anything about like type 1 diabetes at a time to be honest and then yeah just, I have to be forced to accept to suddenly start doing insulin and you know inject myself and doing all that carb counting managing blood sugar yeah so it was hard and definitely a lot of stigmas too because like I feel like a lot of people also went through this but you know fat and family wouldn't let me eat a lot of things or like you know comparing my diabetes to families members type 2 diabetes so it was like going through a lot of things on my own and just figuring out how to deal with all of this at the beginning because there was definitely a lot of denial at first before finally getting myself accepting of all of the things (laughs) that happened
0: yeah it's definitely a let's call it an experience that tests a lot of resilience we hear a lot of you know it tests your patience it tests your discipline it tests your it almost just kind of tests everything daily to be honest but when you say you were in denial initially or you found it difficult to accept it how long were you kind of going through that period where you found it difficult to accept it and you were in that sense of denial
1: I would say the first few months because, yeah, I was, like, in denial. Like, I didn't really, to honest, be completely honest, I didn't, like, even do my insulin sometimes because, like, I just also didn't want to try to control it and thought that maybe I don't need insulin. <laughs> but, yeah, just, like, I think just a lot of it just made me feel like I... I didn't want to accept it at first. I was like, also going through a lot and try to find emotional support at the time. But eventually, I think I just, eventually I found like the strength within me to fight for it, I think. You know, either I'm going to be depressed and feel anxious for the rest of my life or I'm going to try to... Embrace diabetes or like change my perspective and fix my health and have a positive mindset about living with diabetes. You know, just try to be as positive in life as possible, um, stay strong and stay resilient. Eventually, my drop from like initially the first three months of 12% till 6% within six months. And so, like, there was, like, a, it's a major progress. So, um, I think because I was able to accept it eventually, that I was also able to help, help me manage my blood sugar a lot better.
0: With this kind of level or this new level of acceptance and the the shift yeah. in perspective that you've had since and that new kind of positive outlook, was that, Amy, mm-hmm. almost like a... Flick of a switch moment, or was it a gradual process where you had to kind of work through into this new version of yourself, for lack of a better term?
1: Yeah, I think um, just having it, it does take like a few months for me to realize because I did go through the I don't know how to say like the five stages of grief. <laughs> like eventually I just like went through all that and then I think that yeah I realized I have to accept it eventually it doesn't take overnight Um, it's like kind of gradual for me to to accept it and then make up my mind like I'm gonna figure out how to manage my blood sugar on my own because like I think in Taiwan they don't they don't have any diabetes educator or anything like that. So like I kind of had to figure out a lot of things on my own, like try on error, (laughs) Mm -hmm. figure out like my insulin doses and try to figure out like how to count the carbs and everything. Especially for a lot of Asian food, it's like a little bit more difficult to to figure out.
0: Amy, can you (laughs) tell, excuse my naivety, but can you tell me what those five Mm -hmm. stages of grief are and essentially, how they related to you and your diabetes?
1: Uh, so the five stages of grief are, uh, first of all, the denial, which I talked about earlier. Like, I didn't accept my diabetes at first. And then anger is the second stage, which is, like, I was angry at myself for everything that happened. And then it's bargaining. Barg- it's more like... Oh, maybe if I didn't do this, like I wouldn't get diabetes. Like I was like trying to be hard on myself, even though it wasn't like my fault at the beginning. It's an autoimmune condition. And then there's like depression is the fourth stage of grief. Definitely went through a lot of that. And then eventually I just accepted it That's the first stage of grief. You accept all that after going through the process And I kind of came out of it having a different perspective and mindset about things. Definitely a lot of personal growth (laughs) during that time at diabetes. It was hard, but I feel like we came out out of a lot stronger and more resilient.
0: When you say you feel you came out stronger or you came out more resilient, or you are stronger now, or you are more resilient now, Is that something that you learned almost unexpectedly going through that process?
1: No, it wasn't unexpectedly, but I know like there was a lot of self growth for me to do. And I know that if I can overcome diabetes, then I will definitely become a stronger version of myself. And, um, Finding the strength I had within me to become the best version of myself. I think in the past, I often tend to think more negatively about things that happened in life, but like I think being diagnosed, it really forced me to think about everything more positively.
0: As we were both almost agreeing, well, we both are agreeing on the fact that resilience is a huge part of living your life with type 1 diabetes getting over the initial shock of it getting used to your new way of living and then essentially living with it long term but for you amy what does that word resilience mean in your life like why is that so significant for you
1: it just means that when you are encountering any difficult situation, just anything, you have the strength to embrace it and be a little bit more courageous. Embrace the uncertainty because there's definitely going to be so much that you are so, so uncertain about. Think positively and know that if you can stay positive, do things the right way and keep doing things right, Things will eventually be okay.
0: Is there something, Amy, that you did specifically that kind of helped you through that difficult time? Because there's probably somebody listening to this right now who maybe is newly diagnosed or is having a difficult time, as we all do with diabetes from time to time. Is there anything that you did or do, or is there anything that you would have said to yourself, or how did you kind of find that resilience? as you say yourself, where did you get that strength from within to come past that stage?
1: So you kind of have to keep telling yourself that you're the one, only one who can cure yourself or be in control of your diabetes. So it's really up to yourself to make that happen, because nobody else can do it for you. So
0: that's what I felt. Yeah, 100%. I agree, absolutely. And the way I look at it, it's like apart from the prescriptions that we get, essentially we are our own doctors every single day of the week because we're the ones waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning with a hypo, we're the ones preparing for exercise, we're the ones preparing for a vacation or a trip or whatever it is. And I really feel as if like the sooner we kind of get a grasp of the fact that we are the ones that have to take control, the easier it's gonna be. Because essentially you're kind of taking on the the responsibility of just trying to learn more about the condition in general, or learn more specifically about, as you say yourself, your own carb ratios, your own insulin timings and doses and these kinds of things. When you think Mm -hmm. back, Amy, to, to when you were diagnosed, is there, even from your own experience with the condition now, is there one thing that you wish you had been told when you were first diagnosed that would have helped you from day one?
1: There's a lot of things I wished I was being told. Like, you can eat literally everything that you want, even if you're diabetic. I wish I was told that. Um, I didn't realize it until later. And um, this is definitely not, like, your fault either. because um, Just because there's so much misconceptions about diabetes and confusing type 2 with type 1 and being blamed about eating too much carbs or too much sugar wasn't great <laughs> at first. And that you can definitely... Live the life that you want. I also didn't realize that initially.
0: Why did you not realize that?
1: I thought it's going to be so much more restrictions in life in terms of like what I can't do from now on. I can't eat this. I can't do that.
0: As I can understand and appreciate and kind of and relate to your life or the trajectory of your life, Amy has obviously changed a lot since being diagnosed because you're massively involved in social media you're massively involved with a couple of diabetes companies Mm -hmm. you have set up your own diabetes community app my diabetes is obviously an app that connects people living with diabetes from all around the world and what I love about it is the fact that it's Kind of like a dating app, but it's not a dating app where you can put in your location, you can put in your age, you can put in your type of diabetes, and that obviously connects you with people who may be relevant to you. So can you give us a bit of an overview of the app, Amy, in in terms of what it actually is?
1: I was actually diagnosed during my grad school. And right after my diagnosis, I was working on this project with... One of my professors, my professor is also a type, he is a type 2 diabetic. No, no, so no. I did a research <laughs> out with him on diabetes and mental health because, like, I, I, I told him this is the topic I wanted to work on because I've been recently diagnosed. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of research into talking, including talking to a lot of type 1 diabetics and learning about their pain points and then what they struggled with. And during the process, I found out that it's not just like the physical part of dealing with diabetes, like counting carbs, carb insulin, that was difficult. It's the hardest thing a lot of diabetics go through is actually the mental side. Going through all the highs and lows of blood sugar is- very difficult, and so I think from my research, I also found out that a lot of people are really interested in meeting other friends with diabetes. So I think that's how I that's how I came up with the idea of my Diabetes App, um, which is on the App Store now. <laughs> um, so so for this project, um, my Diabetes App is actually an app where yeah it's kind of like tinder but like (laughs) you match with other diabetics who are around you or you can match it with somebody from other cities so you can kind of just swipe left and right (laughs) like in dating app um there's also like a filter section where you can filter out like what kind of diabetics you're looking for, or gender, things like that. And you can fill out your profile about your diagnosis story. What is your favorite low snacks and things like that. Yeah, I hope like a lot of people have met their friends through um, yeah, the app, actually.
0: <laughs> so do you have any plans to set up a diabetes dating app specifically to match type 1s or type 2s, type 2s with type 1s? Twos, type twos <laughs>
1: Well, I think they can use the app like however they want. <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever you want to do with the connection. Whatever you want that's, to do. Yeah, that's very the, that's interesting. Going back, Amy, to what you were saying about the research that you did in terms of like what you needed to know prior to obviously setting up the app and the, the work that you did behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. When you were looking at struggles or challenges or issues that people seem to expressed to you or outlined to you were there any that stand out as more recurring than others was there any really common ones that were just a lot more prevalent
1: yeah i think it's mostly just the diabetes distress so how they call it is the term um the distress for diabetes and also the diabetes burnout those are very common depression is also a big one a lot of people think talking about or showed up in my surveys uh, and then having nobody to talk to about it even their spouses.
0: Why do you think the community aspect of diabetes management is so important to people?
1: It is actually
0: very important to
1: be a part of a community where you know there's a group of people who actually understand what you're going through because so many people like even me I don't have any one, I know in real life there were diabetes at the beginning of my diagnosis. So it's really difficult for one to go through on your own when there's like so much misconceptions and you, you're you the only one doing insulin and all that, <laughs> managing blood sugar when nobody else has to do that.
0: Yeah, I think diabetes is a very... And again, from my, my own perspective, diabetes is a very unique condition in the sense that even though you're surrounded by people who love you and you're surrounded by people who care so much about you and you spend so much time with them, there's always that disconnect. There's always that bit of misunderstanding because if you don't live with it, you can't understand it truly. I just, mm-hmm. I really believe that. And that's a common theme that seems to come through conversations that I have with other diabetics. It's like my husband, my wife, my children, my parents, my best friends, even though they love me so much and even though I spend so much time with them, they still don't really understand us. And in that way, I think it's, a, like I said, quite a unique condition because it's just as much mental and emotional as it is physical. And the physical things that we see is like the carb counting and the insulin taking and the splitting insulin and looking after the food I eat. But it's most of the time the mental exhaustion that kind of comes along with it that accompany all those physical acts and and things that we need to do each day. Amy, if you didn't have community or you didn't have your social media platform or you didn't have your diabetes app, How do you feel your life with diabetes would differ?
1: It would be very different. I might feel a little bit more lonely and maybe I wouldn't have that many opportunity to meet so many amazing people I've met through Instagram who are also type one diabetics or other type one content creators.
0: I remember when I was first diagnosed, this was back in 2012, so it was even kind of like Facebook was around, but I'm, I don't even know if Instagram was like a big thing back then or maybe I just wasn't on it. But I remember think, thinking to myself when I was diagnosed, I'm quite literally the only person on the planet living with this thing. And then when I set up my Instagram page and put out like diabetes related things or content or whatever it might be, that started connecting with other diabetics i was like oh my god there's loads there's loads of other people around the world just like me and it takes out that sense to a certain extent that sense of isolation as as like <clears throat> you know i'm not the only person that lives with this thing so that's always a a common thread that comes through again these types of conversations it's always like community 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 because it is and can be, at times, a really isolating thing to live with because, as we said, the people around you still don't really get it. And that's why I think community is such an important part of it. Amy, I have one more question for you, and it's a bit of an unusual one, but this is how we always like to finish our episodes with guests that we have. But if you had to thank your diabetes for something, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I have to think that because of diabetes, I found the strength within me to be very resilient and be more positive and I guess just like be more courageous in facing difficulties in life.
0: Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're an extremely busy person, so I really appreciate you coming on. Where can people find out more about you personally? Where can people find out your social media pages? And where can people ultimately find My Diabetes, the app?
1: Yeah, um, so you can find me on social Instagram and TikTok, type One Amy. And then for the My Diabetes app, you can find it on mydiabetes.com
0: everything that amy's talking about here and everything she has spoken about we'll link in the episode description below so check it out if you haven't just yet amy again thank you so much i really enjoyed it and i look forward to seeing much more of your positive social media content and where my diabetes goes in the future best of luck with everything yeah
1: thank you thanks for having me today